voices. We hear them every day. Some voices, like mine, are smooth and comforting. While, on the other hand, the Chad and Cheese podcast is like listening to a Nickelback album. You'd rather stab yourself in the ears with an ice pick. Anyway, you're now listening to Voices, a podcast series from Chad and Cheese that features the most important and influential voices within the recruitment industry. Try not to fuck it up, boys. Think your childhood had some hurdles? Not even close. On this episode, we meet Our Work CEO and founder Rakeem Morris. Chatting virtually with us from downtown Boston, Rakeem takes us on a journey of his childhood. No spoilers, but it was these early years that challenged him, tested him, and essentially made him into the man and leader he is today. Equal parts humbling and inspiring, it's a must listen. So Rakeem, where where does this podcast find you? This podcast finds me in Boston. And in fact, I'm sitting in Old City Hall in Boston right now. How's the Wi-Fi in Old City Ooh. Hall? <laughs> That's good. Have... You tell me. How good is it? <laughs> Do you, is it good enough for you? Is there like a Sam Adams uh, router somewhere? Uh, well, I mean, Sam Adams is literally buried, like perhaps like less than 200 feet away from me right they now. They planted the Wi-Fi in Sam Adams. What's the best and worst part about living in Boston? Uh, really the people um, uh-huh. you can find uh-huh. anyone that you want to ever want to meet here um, whether it's different cultures different ages different everything uh, uh, it's uh, it's a place to find uh, someone of interest for you and oddly enough the worst part is the people of Boston I'm kidding <laughs> what, what's the worst part <laughs> that's funny I mean the winters uh, the weather you know what I've gotten used to the weather because I um, I, I found out what winter coats are are well, and I say that in a way that I grew up in upstate New York, and so uh, I didn't have a good winter coat <laughs> uh, when I was there, and uh, it makes it much bearable. The I, I suppose the one thing that um, it, one of the cons is that uh, a lot of the streets here are narrow, and uh, just generally the like it feels like a older city, but not in the way that's cool, in a way that like all right, I can't get gigabit to my house for my internet. <laughs> that kind of old. Uh, you know, all the houses are old, uh, and so there's like a lot of like not modernization in terms of uh, how we're able to live um, here because of some infrastructure challenges. Well, thank God the the country's most elite uh, technology school isn't in a place like Boston. That'd be horrible. <laughs> hey, I had no stake in that game. <laughs> that would be. Talk, talk a little bit about growing up in in upstate New York. Your entire life, it, it, born, yeah. bred Albany. Where where were you at? Actually, the first time I was outside of Albany, I was about nineteen. Um, so yeah, born and raised in Albany, New York. And I think your question was, how was it growing in upstate New York? In Albany. So in Albany, uh, Albany is the the capital of New York. But uh, as you both know, it's not the biggest city in New York. Uh, You definitely get some uh, smaller town vibes, but it's very much a city. I had a pleasant enough uh, childhood growing up in Albany, New York. And uh, it gave me enough of a grounding and just, you know, where we are, who we are as people to be successful enough uh, in the world. And so that's, uh, that's Albany for me. So your your upbringing is unique, uh, single parent household. Talk about that and how it shaped you. Yeah, you know, I think in terms of uh, you know just having a single parent, um, you know, it's uh, it's something that happens frequently um, 
here in the States and for many, many, many different reasons. Um, but you can imagine this. You just have one half less of a person as uh, the head of your household. It's one less income. That's one less uh, stream of support. Uh, that's one less of everything. And that's just that's just math. And so when you have a, uh, a mom, in my case, a single parent, porting uh, three kids, uh, there's just a lot of uh, resources being divided across many people. So that's just the reality of it. Remember, Joel, when latchkey kids became a, a, a phrase, a, a moniker? I was one of them. Uh, I think that was a Gen X thing, right? Where latchkey kids, where you would uh, obviously get up in the morning, Parent, your parent probably wasn't there because they went to work and then you came back home and the parent still wasn't home yet because they were still at work but you had the key that was either under the mat or on your on your um, necklace or where where was your key that's a good question uh you know what uh back in the day now I, now that you ask i haven't thought about this in, in years uh i used to keep my keys in a carrot beaner uh-huh i'm sorry what the carrot beaner what is carabiner that that's more of a military kind of like piece of equipment joel's yeah he's used to more like snacks like carrots and well maybe not carrots <laughs> now rakim you you dropped out of high school correct yes, that's correct oh when so uh i was uh i was 14 years old when i dropped out of high school 14? I went through, uh, I guess, my evolution as a person later in life. <laughs> if I could, uh, you know, I was 14 years old, about two months away from becoming 15. Uh, this is the way the school year works. Um, and, you know, uh, the reason why I dropped out of high school was because I had a new thing to do at home, and that was to bring my little brother to school every single day. Are we talking elementary? Are we talking... He's uh, a yeah, great question. He is uh, 10 years younger than I am. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So you're 14 taking care of a four-year-old. Exactly that. Wow. And so it wasn't even school. Uh, in the beginning, it was daycare yeah. uh, I was bringing him to. Uh, and then eventually it became school. Explaining why I got into this situation in the first place. Um, so I mentioned before, you know, single mom, but also my mom, her employer gave her an ultimatum and they told her that she needed to move her afternoon nursing shifts to mornings or find a new job. When that happened, um, she asked me to begin bringing him to school. Well, initially, again, daycare, and then eventually to school every single day. Mm -hmm. But, uh, well, sometimes in the morning, they aren't always cooperative, especially when you're three, four, five. Uh, and so you can imagine that this would add a lot of time uh, to my schedule every single day. Most of the time, I got him to uh, daycare about two miles by public transit across town. Jeez. It just added 90 minutes to two hours to my mornings every day. I began missing my first period of school, uh, and that domino to be missing entire days of school. And the last thing I'll mention there is that I didn't quite understand this when I was telling people initially the story that I only began this year recently um, that I'm telling you now. I didn't realize that people thought I just dropped out because I was un. I wasn't focused or something like that. I was in honors classes. Uh, I was actually a year ahead uh, in school. Uh, in oh, wait, time out, time out, time out. You didn't. Uh, so so did anybody reach out to yeah. you during this? I mean, seeing a kid with such great promise just eject. Did you have anybody actually, I mean, from the school reach out to you and, and say how they could how they could prospectively help? Yeah, that's uh, that's a really great question because this is what happened. Uh, so no one from the school, I'm sure they called me. I, I don't remember getting those calls and I don't remember my mom letting me know that she got those calls. So uh, about around the time I was going to my high school, Albany High School uh, in upstate New York, 
only 43, 44% of people that entered their freshman year graduated from that high school. It's one of those schools that, uh, well, Johns Hopkins has done some like research of all these high schools in the States. And uh, it's just one of the, the, the dropout factories, uh, they call it, uh, in the States. And so I think I got some calls. Perhaps they were automated. Uh, there were just so many people who were dropping out of my high school. It's the only high school, public one in Albany. They put you on a program when you don't go to school. So eventually the outcome was, of this was that I was in this program called uh, TIPS. I forget what the acronym stands for, but they more or less have you visit a probation officer every week or every other week. Like truancy, right? Exactly. Yep. And yep. what was what was the impact on, on your mom? Obviously, a, a solid work ethic as a nurse. Where where was her head knowing that her son was in honors classes and dropping out of high school? That must have been crushing. Definitely, it was. You know, I, I also have to say that uh, because I was also working, we had opposite schedules. So, you know, I wasn't, you know, having these types of conversations with her. I was like literally working in the evening while she was working in the day. And then it would mm-hmm. often switch. Wow. Uh, you know, at a certain point in time, she was able to get enough uh, stability with her work that this wasn't uh, an issue later when I returned back to high school. Um, though for some time, it was definitely, uh, well, a lot extra to do um, that uh, others wouldn't have to worry about at that time. So what was the catalyst to get you back into school? What sort of events played out? You know, I have a couple of different people to thank for that. I made friends with an incredible group of people that age of my life that uh, were around the same age. Um, We all Mm -hmm. had our own thing that we were dealing with in life, and they really encouraged me to go back to school around 17, uh, 18 years old. And so that was one. Uh, I had an amazing mom of a friend who also encouraged me too. Uh, and of course, my mom, who actually went through the process of, uh, you know, getting it all done and making sure that I was returning back to school. So I have a really good group of uh, people, both uh, uh, friends and family that uh, encouraged me to go back to school uh, when I was 17, uh, just about 18 years old. So your your mom, she was obviously having schedule, not really scheduling issues. She was having employer issues, right? Yeah. So w- what do you know? What do you know about that experience other than it rocked your your life and obviously her life as well? What what can you tell us more about that that experience for her? What what could you actually see? What was your experience through through her? Yeah, that's uh, that's another uh, great question. When I think about it, I she was already out of the house in the morning when I was awake, mm-hmm. uh, so she needed to be at work at six o'clock in the morning. Uh, and the way that the public transportation, well, it just takes an hour to get there <laughs> uh, if you were to do it by public transportation. We didn't have a car, and so for her to, to be on a bus for nearly an hour. Uh, she had to walk to the bus stop, get in the bus. It just took 90 minutes for her to get on the bus uh, in the morning. So she left around 4.30. So in the morning, it was just it was completely up to me and whatever I wanted to do and what she instructed me to do, um, too, at that time, which was to bring my, my little brother to school. Uh, it was just it was all up to me. And uh, there was no one looking over my shoulder to make sure I got to school. What I'm getting to is that given the time. So if you're working an eight hour shift and you get your stand at one hour, which is typically unpaid, especially with wage work, you're at work now for nine hours. Then you have an hour to and from work because uh, it's several miles away. She doesn't have a car. So now you're spending for, you know, earning eight hours. Now you're spending um, close to 11 to 12 hours just to do that one job. Uh, because you don't have the resource to buy a car uh, and you're taking public transportation. I guess that's also to say, too, it's hard for me to tell you exactly uh, all the things that she was working through and the feelings and emotions uh, and thoughts that she was dealing with uh, to see her son go through this, go like drop out of high school. And it's because she was working. Uh, she wasn't in the house. 
And, and then, you know, eventually I was going to work myself in the evening, uh, including going to uh, night school for my high school uh, diploma in the end. So, so this does have a happy ending. Um, and you, you, most people would say you're a very unlikely candidate to attend an Ivy League school. Yeah. Let alone even maybe even have that on your radar. Talk about the process of considering an Ivy League school, applying, getting in, what that was like. Um, that, that seems like the best Hallmark story ever. Uh, from your perspective, how did that play out? Yeah, uh, it worked. Uh, it played out very well. So I went back to high school when I was 17, two months away from becoming 18. I went to a night school program that allowed you to get the full credit for that course uh, if you're passing the final exam. Uh, and so even though I had only gone to high school for a year, I was able to finish the last three years of school in a single year <laughs> because I would, I would clear these six final exams. <laughs> uh, and in fact, I actually got uh, on some of the state exams, uh, I had scored the highest in the school in both the night and day programs. And so I, uh, I still had that <laughs> working uh, well for me. But, you know, I had this uh, experience not going to school for so long. It became, uh, I, I'd say, clear to me that uh, even at 18, that education was only was going to be the only way for me to get out of my current circumstance, my situation. Uh, and I really poured myself uh, completely into it uh, when I was younger. You can find more episodes of Voices, the Chad and Cheese podcast series devoted to stories and opinions of industry leaders by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts or just visit chadcheese.com. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.